0: Oh, Lord, you got to play that song. See, he loves to wind me up. We want to start with um, all the Yankee fans. Will you reach your hand out to these Mets fans? And let's pray. Get that demon of Mets out of the... No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) It's good to be here with my good friend. We go back. When I was uh, serving at New Hope Community Church, a CMA pastor, um, and so I have a lot of history with this church. When I started in ministry, this was the first church that came around me and supported me. Uh, So what you're looking at is the fruit of what you sowed into. Uh, Went from being uh, a guy from the street that that, uh, was a heroin addict for many, many years and got saved, and then got a call to do ministry. And this was the very first church that came around me and said, we believe in you. And went from being a heroin addict to the chaplain of the New York Yankees, and the chaplain to the Brooklyn Nets, Staten Island Yankees, uh, chaplain with the the state of New York. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He was the first guy, his family come around me. So I'm very, very grateful. Uh, and I'm very grateful that the Lord did not send me to the Mets, <laughs> you know, that it was the Yankees that he sent me to, you know, uh, we have 27 of these, brother. <laughs> I feel your pain. No, I don't. <clears throat> I want to start this morning with a, with a verse in Ezekiel 46, starting in verse 9, <clears throat> and, this, and it reads, Like this says, when the people of the land came before the Lord at the appointed feast, whomever entered by the north gate to worship is to go out the south gate. And whomever entered by the south gate is to go out the north gate. No one is to return to the gate by which he entered, but each is to go out the opposite gate. You wonder, what does that mean? You know, it's kind of of crazy to get up early Sunday morning and deal with that cold. Man, it was cold out there this morning, and I'm Puerto Rican, we don't like the cold, <laughs> all right, and none about being Puerto Rican and we like the cold, and to come to church and come in one way and lead the exact same way, God's desire when we come to a time of feast, a time of hearing God's word, is for us to come in one way, but to lead differently, it's a good time for somebody to say amen, 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 amen. 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 come on, say it like you mean it, amen, Work with me, guys. Work with me. I'm a, you know, I used to. I was for five years. I was assistant chaplain to the Giants. I used to love doing chapel with with football players because you start preaching and somebody say that, that's right, brother. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, you know, you're free to do that if you want. <laughs> Praise God. And so, um, God's desire today is for you to leave different, not the same. Because if you're going to leave the same, you might as well stay home. Not even dealt with the cold. Um, I'm, a, I'm a New Yorker. I mean, 150% New Yorker. I'm a Brooklyn boy. I live in Staten Island, but I'm not from Staten Island. I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> My wife and I, <laughs> Brooklyn guy here. My wife and I, in two weeks, are going to celebrate our 44th wedding anniversary 44 years I want to tell you something about that I wouldn't stay with me 44 years okay when we get to heaven she's gonna live in a mansion I'm gonna live in the projects you know I wouldn't stay with me 44 years I'm a complicated guy you know we have three girls my oldest girl is 42 my other girl is 40 and then God has this great sense of humor 15 years later give us another girl so she's 26 She's about to go into the police department in a couple of months. My oldest girl's home with my grandchildren. My middle girl is a professor of nursing up in Wagner College and a maternity nurse. We didn't do that bad. But it was a struggle. It was a struggle. So I'm, I'm a Brooklyn boy, grew up in Brooklyn, um, grew up in a family where my father was probably the most evilest man that ever walked the face of this earth. He used to beat my mother every day. He used to beat us every single day. My sisters, my brothers, he would just terrorize us every single day, every day. And at the age of 10, I went to defend my mother, and then he left, and then he was coming back and told my mother, I'm coming back, but he has to go. My mother and my father abandoned me, threw me in the street when I was 10 years old, almost 11 years old. I was living homeless, eating out of garbage cans, living in abandoned buildings, waking up in the middle of the night because rats would be biting my feet, started sniffing glue, started smoking pot, started doing heroin, started doing cocaine. And for 18 years, that was my life. I was struggling on drugs, off drugs, on drugs, off drugs, never went to school, couldn't read, couldn't write. Get cleaned, get back, get cleaned, get back. And a good friend of mine, brother, used to run a print shop, so he taught me how to run a printing machine. See, I couldn't read, I couldn't write, but I wasn't stupid. You teach me something, I got it. So I was working in this print shop, and it was 60 workers, all black and Hispanics. And one day, they hired this new guy, a blond-haired, blue-eyed white boy, German. (laughs) (laughs) And when they hired him, I said, I'm going to eat this boy up. And his name was Otto Lang. See, I grew up in an era where we were taught not to like white people. So I didn't have much love for white folks to begin with. And this white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed dude, first thing he said to me was that Jesus loved me. He said, Willie, I want to tell you something. Jesus loves you. I said, man, take that Jesus junk somewhere else. I don't want to know about that, man. He would come in every single morning and open up the Bible and read a verse to me and tell me that Jesus loved me. And I got so ticked off because he would do this, I would take his Bible to the glue machine. <laughs> and I would glue his Bible. <laughs> Let me tell you something about a glue machine in a print shop. You glue something, it's not going to open And he would go to the cutter and cut the glue off and come up the next day and read a verse (laughs) and tell me Jesus loved me. I used to say, this is one crazy white dude, man. This white boy is crazy. This crazy dude decided to start a Bible study in our print shop. And in break time, we would go in there for 15 minutes, and he would do a Bible lesson. Sixty guys, all black and Hispanic. He was the only white boy in there. He used to tell us about Jesus. And I used to get so ticked off that I would go into that room a minute before Bible study and light up two or three joints, and I smoked the place up. I said, if he's going to talk about Jesus, we all going to get high. And he would hold his breath the best he could and tell us about Jesus. To make a long story short, I don't lie left the print shop. He went somewhere else. I had his phone number. And I got strung out, and my wife was going to leave me. I was going to lose the very little I had, and I called him up, and he invited me to church. So I went to church, and I, I sat all the way in the back, and the preacher preached, and I made a deal with God. You ever make a deal with God? Let me tell you something. God could handle any deal you make with him. Amen. He can. Any way you present it to him. See, when you're not saved, you don't present things in the best way. <laughs> so I presented this deal with God. I said, listen, I don't believe you're real. I don't. See, I grew up in a home with santeria, with the religion, which is witchcraft. My mother till today still practices that. I said, if you are who this guy says you are, if you will take this habit off my back, nobody will serve you like me. And so I walked down that aisle, and I gave my life to the Lord almost 40 years ago, and I went on this journey with God. Now, here's the problem. See? When you come to the Lord, you come with all this luggage. You know, you got all these preachers on TV preaching, come on to Jesus, everything's going to be all right. That's a lie. Let me pop the bubble, pop. It's a lie. You come on to Jesus, everything is not going to be all right. But I'd rather go through what I have to go through with him than by myself. Been there, done that. Come on to Jesus, everything's going to be all right. It's a lie. Everything's not going to be all right. See, I have lived my whole life trusting in myself and how I could bail myself out. Went from being homeless and managed every single day to eat. Managed every single day to survive. When I was growing up, there was an old saying, only the strong survive." And if you were on the street, you had to be strong or you would die. So now I come into this walk with God, and I'm told that I have to transfer trusting in me, trusting in God. And I wasn't down with that. So I went on this journey with God. See, when you come to the Lord, you start this journey. But you come with all this luggage. Luggage of culture. Luggage of who your parents were, who your grandparents were, how they brought you up, the kind of stuff they talked about in their house. And now the Bible tells us that you have to have a renewing of the mind and start trusting in this God that I've never seen. And I struggled with that until I read this verse. And after I read this verse, well, first I had to learn how to read. <laughs> you know, I was 27 years old, couldn't read So my pastor wanted me to get baptized. And I told him, no, I'm not getting baptized because I looked in that class and everyone has this book they're reading from and I can't read and I'm not going to be embarrassed that way. So he got this teacher, retired teacher, Angelica Valentin. She tutored me for three years, taught me how to read and write. I used to go to her home every Tuesday and Thursday and I would read C. Sally Run." I can't tell you how humiliating that was. <clears throat> but I looked at it like I had this big tree in front of me I had a little axe I was going to chop away. And sooner or later, I was going to cut through. I took the GED test six times. They knew me up in there. They said, oh, Mr. Alfonso, you're back. <laughs> yeah, and what's the problem? I'm back. I passed it by two points. Let me tell you, there's a beauty in passing the GD test by two points. You know what the beauty is? We need to pass this by one. (laughs) See, when we beat the Mets, it don't make no difference if we beat them by one or by ten. Usually by ten. I owe you that one, brother. I'm on this journey with God, and have to transfer this trust. From what I, the way I think, to how God wants me to think. So here in Proverbs 3, verse 5, the NIV, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. I love the Message Bible. It says, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. That's good stuff, man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Your own understanding and my own understanding will limit us. We can never think the way God thinks. You can never get to a place with your own understanding that is above what God. I'm a Puerto Rican brother from Brooklyn, ex-heroin addict. I'm the chaplain to the New York Yankees and Brooklyn Nets. On my best day, I couldn't do that. It's God. It's a Jesus thing. On my best day, I couldn't have accomplished that. On my best day, we need to say, God, I don't know what to do. I need you. I need to trust you. And that's what I had to start doing. I had to start thinking God's way opposed to my way. I had to stop being a hustler. See, you're never going to hustle God. Because God knows what you're thinking even before you think it. He knows. He knows. And he knows your stuff. He knows your luggage. See, it's a love story. It's Valentine's Day. It's a love story, man. When I came to the Lord, he embraced me and loved me just the way I was. Now, his intention was not for me to stay that way. But I had to trust in the Lord with all my heart. I couldn't lean on my own understanding. My own understanding had me on the street, had me as a heroin addict. Had me not bathing for a month. Had me living in abandoned buildings. God's understanding is different. God's understanding is a love understanding that he loves you and he cares for you and he has something special for you because God looks at you and looks at me because we're special. Hey, listen, I'm a special dude. I know I'm special. I don't care what nobody thinks. Brother here, special. My mother and father used to call me garbage. You know, just they say, man, Wednesday, you know, you're garbage. You never amount to nothing. And God says the opposite. God tells me, I love you, man, and if you will walk my way, I'll take you on a journey that'll blow you away. I live a fantasy. I mean, for 18 years, I had a one-in-one Bible study with Mariano Rivera, the greatest relief pitcher ever in the history of baseball. Me, ex dope homeless—that's God. Because from the day I was born, God had something special for me, that only I could do. When you come to the Lord, God has put something in you to do for Him that only you could do. Absolutely, no one else could do it but you. But you gotta trust in the Lord with all your heart. And you can't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, you have to acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. It makes no difference if you're a Puerto Rican dude from Brooklyn or if you're from this part of Jersey. It don't care if you're white, black, green, purple. Makes no difference, man. See that whole racist stuff? It's just sin. And people hate each other because of the color of their skin. God just has a great sense of humor. He sent a white boy. (laughs) Lead me to the Lord. White, blonde hair, blue eye. Lily White. (laughs) Otto died two years ago at 85 of cancer, but he was the father I never had. He loved me. I can't tell you how much this man loved me. Loved me. He would call me on a consistent basis to tell me that I was special, that God had something special for me. He used to consistently tell me, fan the flame of the gift that's in you. Stir up the gift that's in you. You stir it up because you're special. Anybody here like chocolate milk? I love chocolate milk. I'm from New York, so we drink Bosco. I don't know what you drink here in Chester. I don't know what you drink in Jersey. But in New York, we drink Bosco. I love Bosco so much, I named my dog Bosco. <laughs> and if you want a glass of chocolate milk, what do you have to do? You have to get a glass of milk, you have to get some Bosco, then you have to put some Bosco in, and then you drink it, right? You got to stir it, right? Now you drink it, right? No. You got to look at the bottom, make sure you got it all. <laughs> that's what God is saying. Stir up all the gifts that's in you. Not some of it. I've had some great men of God Teach me how to stir up the gift that's in me, to fan the flame of the gift that's in me. I am who I am, not because I'm that smart, because I'm not. I know I'm not. On my best day, I couldn't have become who I am today. It's through the grace of God and certain men that God had put in my life to help me on this journey to get to where I am. I'm special. So, are you. And there's something that God wants you to do for Him. Let's read verse six. Verse seven, excuse me. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Listen, I speak, if I'm not doing chapel with a team, almost every Sunday. So, I'm not in church usually on Sunday. But Wednesday, I'm in prayer meeting because I'm not that smart. I got messing it up down packed to an art. Ask my wife. She'll tell you he'd bang it up, man. Ask my kids. My kids will tell you, Dad, or he'll bang it up. I need, I need not to be wise in my own eyes and think that I got it. I don't. I need to be in church. I need to be in prayer meeting. I need to be up in the altar on my knees praying before God. I need to wake up every day at 5 o'clock in the morning like I do. Every single day, 365 days a year, I get up at 5. Even if, even if I'm on vacation, I'll do it. I'll go back to bed and have my time in God's word, have my time in prayer. Then I'm quiet before God, listening to his voice to speak to me. Now, so you guys, some of you guys may say, well, that's not necessary. Well, you're smarter than me. All right. That's fine. We can't be wise in our own eyes, Pastor. We can't. We need God. We need his direction. I need to be, why Why do you think we, we've been boys for whew, more than 20-something years? Because I know he's a godly man. I know he loves the Lord. I know he loves his wife. I know he loves his children. I know he loves the church. That's the kind of people I want to be around. Because I'm not going back to that junk. Brother look too good, right? I look too good to be going back to that. I ain't going back to that. Are you crazy? Nah, brother look too good, too clean. I ain't going back to that. <clears throat> Not going back to that, man. I can't be wise in my own eyes. Every single year for over 20 years, I've gone to Tampa. I'm leaving in a week. I go to Tampa to spring training. I can stay in a beautiful hotel over there where all the Yankees guys usually stay. But once I do what I do, I don't stay in that hotel. I get in my car and I drive all the way to Ocala, an hour and 15 minutes, and I stay in my brother's house. You know why? I have no business in that hotel. None. None. There ain't nothing there for me but trouble. You feel me? All right. I got no business there. I know what goes around there. I know what's happening around there. I don't need to put myself in a position of temptation and wind up falling on my face and have to come back and shame my my Lord, shame my wife, shame my children. Listen, my wife has my last name. So if I mess up my name, I mess up her name. My kids have my name. If I mess up my name, I mess up their name. Now, my oldest girl married this kid called Vasquez, but she ain't no Vasquez, man. She'll never be a Vasquez. Ain't no Vasquez. I got saved in a church that was 75% Italian. So we were taught how to cook Italian. We We don't say sauce. We say gravy for you Italians. All right? We've learned how to make gravy from scratch. So I walked into my oldest girl's house one time, and she was opening up this can of beefaroni. And I said, what in the world is that? What are you doing opening up? We don't eat beefaroni. She said, oh, my, she said, my husband loves it. See, the Vasquez, he eat that. We don't eat that. Vasquez eat that. He like that beefaroni. We don't eat that. We buy the fresh mozzarella had fresh rocota. I even say it right. The Puerto Ricans say it good. Uh, no, I go and I drive an hour and fifteen minutes. I go to Ocala and I stay in my brother's house because I'm safe there. See, I've had men come around me to teach me how not to be wise in my own eyes. I don't need to stay in Tampa, so I don't stay in Tampa. I stay with my brother. Then I got to get up at 6.30 in the morning and drive all the way back to Tampa. But I'm safe. I'm not going to have your pastor have some of you say to your pastor, you know, can you bring Pastor Willie back? And he has to tell you, nah, I can't because he had an affair somewhere in Tampa. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. Not only that, my five foot three Puerto Rican wife, she killed me, man. She had... Fortune, tear me up. I'm not having that, man. I can't be wise in my own eyes. See, Christ showed us that he loved us by going to the cross. We show him that we love him by the way we live. My greatest testimony is not that I'm with the Yankees. It's not that I'm with the nuts, that I was with the Giants. No, my greatest testimony is that I'm faithful to my wife. I'm faithful to my kids. I love my wife. I am by far more in love with her today than when I married her 44 years ago. By far. By far. I'm stupid in love with my wife. My greatest testimony to all these ball players is my faithfulness to my wife. We've been together 44 years. I'm getting a little old, you know, turning 64. I got a letter from the city of New York last week. It said, you are now entitled to take the train and the bus, half fare. I got ticked off. (laughs) I tore that letter up. (laughs) We need to trust in the Lord with all our heart. We we need not to lean on our own understanding in all of our ways. We are to acknowledge him that we are who we are, man, because of Jesus, because of what he did in that cross. It's a love story. We're celebrating Valentine's Day. We're celebrating Valentine's Day. And what have you, what have I done for Christ? Can't be wise in your own eyes. When you say I got it, that's when you don't. I went to a dinner with one of the teams, and um, it was a formal dinner. And I was talking to a guy from the front office, <clears throat> and when I looked to the left, there was this young lady sitting down. And she looked at me, and she smiled. See, I'm not a bad-looking dude. <laughs> you know, I'm not a bad-looking dude. I still got a little something-something. Right? So she looked at me, and she smiled. And she smiled, so I kind of turned, not to look that way. I'm talking to my man. Ten minutes later, come on. You know, let's be honest. You want to see if she's still smiling, right? Well, you be honest, right? Listen, um, this name, Pastor... Or reverend or chaplain, whatever name you put in front of my name, it don't mean a thing. It don't mean a thing. I struggle just like you. I'm tempted just like you. Press the wrong button, you meet a different Pastor Willie. Hit my new car on the way out, you meet a different Pastor Willie. <laughs> I'm just saying, guys, I'm just saying. I struggle just like you. So I'm like that. So I take a look and she's she smiling. She got up and started walking my way. I said, oh, my Lord. Let me tell you something about this girl. She was a very attractive girl. I could smell her coming, Pastor. So she was fine and she smelled good. Trouble. She knew the guy I was talking to. She said hi to him. He introduced me to her and excused himself and left me there with her. <laughs> You know, God is so true to his word. He says, at the moment of temptation, I will always give you the way out. Not sometimes. The problem is that we don't take it. I will always, right at that moment, God spoke to me, told me, yo, my man, you need to book. (laughs) You need to go. Because if you don't, you're going to bang this up. Because you can't handle that. I excused myself started walking towards the elevator, started skipping towards the elevator. I ran to the elevator, got my car, ran to Ocala, locked the door. (laughs) Called my wife and said, baby, what's up, how you doing, baby? Can't be wise in my own eyes. I can't say I got it, because I don't. That pastor, reverend, chaplain, whatever name you want to give me, don't help me, none. None. Zero. I have to work out my salvation, just like you. Two weeks ago, I went to have dinner with my middle girl, and she cooked for me. And we had a time of fellowship in her apartment. Then we had a time of prayer. In the apartment she lived in, Brooklyn had an underground garage. I had my car parked there. I left, got in the car, came out. New York City is kind of rough. So, you know, I, my car's like halfway on the street, half on the sidewalk. I'm trying to get a play. Nobody wants to give you a play. And this guy was walking by, and I guess he thought I was blocking the sidewalk. So he hit my car. Boom, move your car. Ha, 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 bad move. Bad move. I rolled my window down and said, yo, my man, you believe in God? He says, why? That's a dent in my car. You're going to have a problem. And I catch myself. Like, what are you doing? See, I struggle just like you guys, just like you. This pastor's name doesn't give me no extra power than you have. I got to trust in the Lord with all my heart. I can't lean on my own understanding. In all my ways, I have to acknowledge God, and he's going to direct my path. Where in my wildest imagination did I think I'll be doing what I'm doing? Last time I came here, I was running basketball leagues in the inner city with over 200 inner city kids, we put around 20 of them through Bible college. Matter of fact, I'm marrying them now. I just married one two months ago. Loving Jesus. And went from there to doing what I'm doing now. Only God. Alonzo Mourning, one of the great forwards of the NBA, played for the Miami Heat, came to the Brooklyn Nets, his kidneys broke down. When I first met Alonzo morning, I went into the locker room. I said, Mr. Morning, how are you? My name is Pastor Willie. I'm the chaplain here. He was taller than me sitting. <laughs> and he looked at me and he grunted. He said, hmm. And when a six foot 10, 240 pound brother grunts, you leave him alone. <laughs> Wouldn't have nothing to do with me. His kidneys broke down, almost died when he had the kidney transplant, I went to the hospital to visit him. And I walked in, and he smiled. and said, hey, Pastor Willie, how you doing? I said, I guess there's something about almost dying that you don't mind seeing the pastor. <laughs> and we had a long talk, and I'm on my way out. I turned around, and I said, we call him Zoe. I said, Zoe, let me ask you a question. What are you going to do about Jesus? And he said to me, I've done so many rotten things that Jesus will never embrace me. I said, let me tell you what I've done. I share my testimony. He gave his life to the Lord right there my spiritual son. When he left the net and went back to, the, to Miami Heat, when he went to the championship, he flew my wife and I out to be there the day he won the championship. Two years ago, got inducted to the Hall of Fame, and he flew my wife and I to be there. When he got inducted, and in an his exception speech, he mentioned our friendship. Where in my wildest dream did I think that would happen? He wrote a book. Chapter 11 is all about the way I led him to the Lord. Where my craziest dream? But God. And what God has done for me and the way he's used me, he wants to use you. And let me tell you in the few minutes I have left where I started that. I started it in the church. I started it in the place I got saved. My wife and I used to teach elementary school when we first, when we first got saved. I couldn't read, so she used to do the reading, and I was the clown but I was serving God. See, because God says, whom I can trust with the little things, I'll trust with the greater things. So it started with me being a clown. Then we did junior high school. Then we did high school. Then I did prison ministry for five years. Then I went back to Williamsburg, where I grew up, and I was a youth pastor with David Wilkinson for three years. Across the street from the park, we actually shoot up dope. And we let 97 kids to the Lord. Then from there, came back to Staten Island and then got together with David Bido, which is a CMA church over in uh, Staten Island. Him and his wife, Rebecca, used to be my Sunday school students when they were 15 years old. And I ran basketball league. We had over 200 boys in our basketball leagues. Then from there, God opened up sports ministry. See, this is your church. This is your church. You should be serving here. Church is not a place for you to come and sit. It's a place that you come to serve. And you guys are way ahead of the game. Let me tell you why you're way ahead of the game. Because you got a great pastor and pastoral staff and elders that love the Lord. They love God. You're in a great place. Listen, I go to many churches. There's a lot of churches I won't go back to. you got a great man. He's been my buddy for years. I know his heart. I know he loves God. Know Mister Off for years. Know this couple for years. You guys are in a great place, but it's not for you to sit, for you to serve, for you to fan the flame of the gift that's in you, stir up the gift that's in you, man. I want to come back next year, first service, and it's standing room. Because you guys have gone back to your community and said you need Jesus and you bring your neighbors to church. Here's where it starts. If God could trust you here, he could trust you anywhere. He could trust you anywhere. Where in my wildest dream? When you first helped me in, in support, thought, where in my wildest dream? But God, it ain't me. I'm not that smart. I know I'm not that smart. But if I'm special, You're special too. And it makes no difference what you've done. Philippians 3, the Apostle Paul talks about it. I love verse 12 or 13. I can't remember which is the verse. He says something that's very significant. I'll close with it. He wants to know Christ. He says he presses on with the things of God. But then he says this. He says, but I don't understand it all. So you don't need to understand it all. Except there's one thing I do understand. I'm gonna put the past behind me. I move forward with what God has for me now. Move forward with what God has for you now. It makes no difference if you come from Bradford, Stuyvesant or you come from this town. It makes no difference, none, none whatsoever. The only difference between you and me is that I was born at night and you were born at day. That's it. We're white and dark and brown and black, and it makes no difference, man. We're all children of God, called by God to do something special for him. You guys are called to do something special for him in this community that only you can do. Only you can do it. He can't do it by himself. The leadership can't do it by themselves. It's up to you. There's no limits with God. ex dope fiend. shooting dope for 18 years, Chaplain to the New York Yankees. Oh, Lord. Does he have a sense of humor or what? (laughs) Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that that you love us, that you care for us, that you created us, Lord God, and that you have something special for us to do, for you, that only we could do, that only those here today could do in this community, in this church, with this pastor, with these deacons and elders, Lord God, and these teachers, they can't do it by themselves, Lord God. They need those who are sitting here today, Lord God. I pray that they would fan the flame of the gift that's in them, Lord God. I pray that they would stir up the gift that's in them, Lord God, and they would turn this community inside out for you, Lord God. Turn it inside out for you with no fear, Lord God. There's no limits with you. Nothing's impossible with you, God. Nothing. Nothing. I should be dead or dying of AIDS or doing life in jail. I am here today because of what you've done, Lord God. I don't need to go somewhere to see a miracle. I look in the mirror. I look in the mirror. Thank you. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the fine people that are here this morning, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Almost enough to make me root for the Yankees. This close, I almost got there. I hope, uh, I hope you guys understand the passion of, of Willie's heart, which is that you, know, you each have a call on your lives. It, it, this story, it moves me. I've heard it a bunch of times, but every time I look and go, if God can do that with him, what can he do with me? So uh, I hope you walk out wondering that, that same thing to yourself. If God could do that with him, what could he do with me? Because there is a call on your so, let's close and worship together. Can we can we shall we?